let's, let's not cut out our chairs just so it seems like it's more full. Let's fill the rest of the chairs. That's, that's not good enough. Let's fill the rest of the chairs. That's a little bit better. Let's try it one more time. Let's fill the rest of the chairs. Praise the Lord. All right. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I told Brother James that I had a couple different messages that I was kind of going back and forth with for this morning. Uh, yesterday, I do this all the time, really. I've got a, a running list of, of, of sermons that I'm kind of working on, and, and sometimes I'm not sure which one it is I'm supposed to preach until I get up here. Uh, uh, but uh, number two? I'll preach both of them. Well, some of you would be happy, and then others would not be so happy if I preached two of them. <laughs> oh, goodness. When I preach one of them, you all complain about how long it goes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, no, I'm not actually. Some people actually complain. <laughs> Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be at. Uh, Luke chapter 10. I'm going to, just, I'm going to read down through, uh, down through the passage, and then we're going to pray and ask God to help us this, this evening morning, whatever time it is nowadays. It says, Now it came to pass as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost, not, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, notice this, and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray. God, I pray, Lord, I ask, Lord, that your spirit would help me this morning. Lord, I know I'm not worthy of your spirit using me, Lord, I know that I am not able to, to preach your word without your assistance. So, God, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. Lord, cleanse me of it, of sin, Lord, and, and make me a, a vessel fit for your using. God, I pray that your spirit and your word would work in our hearts this morning to encourage us, to challenge us, to convict us, Lord, whatever is needed. Father, I pray that you, that you would have your way. Lord, that we might praise you and glorify you for all that you do. Lord, that we might leave here a more sanctified people. Lord, a, a people who choose to do that which is needful. Lord, help us, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. It is easy to get caught up in just how busy life can be. How many of y'all are busy? All the kids say, we're not busy. Yes, you are. You got rooms to pick up and schoolwork to do and all of the other things you got you got going on. Parents have work and, and parenting and even other folks have lots to do. And that's not including coming to church and, and serving in ministry here and all the other things. And it is easy to get caught up in the busyness of life. It's easy to get caught up in the busyness of ministry. I mean, I praise the Lord for those that came in. I, I know that it looks different, and I know that, uh, just bear with us, uh, it, it took uh, uh, so much time to, to, tear, to, to put up and to prepare for it. Um, we didn't want to waste the time that we had, and we have enough seats. And God does not require all the seats put out for him to meet with us. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, but I praise the Lord for those that came and, and, and did their part and, and took part in, in that, and there'll be more next week. And, and, and there are others that take part and serve God in other ways. I praise God for all that, but we need to be very careful that we don't get so caught up and so busy and so concerned uh, and, and distracted by the things of life because Satan is out to distract us. Uh, Satan's desire is to get us looking away. I was uh, Zeke this the last couple weeks, or last the last couple weeks uh, has really enjoyed uh, our wrestling time. Uh, he thinks it's awesome. Uh, uh, we he, he whispers very loudly, "Dad, Dad, can we go wrestle on the bed?" Because he likes it when I pick him up and flip him and throw him and do all kinds of fun stuff with him, and and he'll pretend to punch me and then I'll grab him and he loves that. He loves that. And one of the things that I showed him was uh, I would act like I was going to grab his arm, and then he would move his arm, and then I'd grab his feet. I was distracting him. We can get distracted. 
And when we get distracted, it's easy for us to trip up and slip up and fall. And more importantly, uh, when we get distracted, as we see here in this instance, uh, we can be drawn away from the thing that's needful in our lives. We can be drawn away from the thing that is needful in our lives. Here in chapter 10, verse 38, uh, the first thing I want you to notice is the presence of the Almighty. The presence of the Almighty. In verse 38 says, Now it came to pass as they went, that's Jesus and his disciples, it says that he entered into a certain village. I say, well, what's the big deal? <laughs> Jesus is in town. Right? Now, that may not be a big deal for some, but for us, the fact that Christ is in a place should be important. In Mark chapter 2, if you go back there, it talks about how Jesus had entered into a house. And, and it said that, that uh, there were so many people that came to hear him teach and to see him perform miracles uh, and, and, and to, to listen to him that, 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 the, that literally could not get into the house. That was a passage where we see uh, them trying to bring in the lame man to be healed. And they, they, they tried to look, they looked at the doors and the windows and there, it was just so packed tight that, no, that they couldn't get him in there. They had to climb up on the roof and, and tear the roof off and let, the, let the, the poor sick man down through a hole in the roof just to get into the presence of Christ. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we have a place that we, can, that we can come into the very presence of God. Because when we come here, we don't, you don't come here to, to listen to me. Now, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to put forth fake humility. You don't come, you don't, hopefully you don't go to church to listen to any preacher. Hopefully you go to church to listen to the word. Uh, the word of God tells us that where two or three are gathered in my name, that I will be there. If there's two or three of us, Christ is here. Now we can come with the wrong heart and, and we can miss the whole thing, but I want you to understand that, that, that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He also says that, uh, uh, that he, no, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. That if we are there, Christ is there. When we are in the, the presence of God, that we need to, to, to focus on who he is. We, as we see here in this passage, uh, uh, man, uh, that, that, that Martha and Mary had two different responses when Jesus showed up. It's very important that we do that which is needful versus that which is not. The presence of the Almighty, we see there, it says that he came in. In the Old Testament, it talks about when the, 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 the presence of God was upon a place. Uh, one of my favorite passages uh, is uh, that talks of the, uh, the, the musicians that are preparing to, 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 to play the music in, in, in order to, to bless the, 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 the temple, and the, the tabernacle. And they played, and even before the priests got to do any of their work, the presence of God filled that place so that the priests couldn't do that. See, when the presence of God is there, there should be a, a heart of worship. That's what's needful. When, in Isaiah chapter 6, we see, we see Isaiah worship God. In John, we see, we see in the book of Revelation, John worshiped God. When, when, when Peter, uh, standing in the boat, saw God for, for Jesus Christ for who he was, he fell down on his knees and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Listen, what did he do? He, he, he confessed his sin and he began to worship the Almighty God. Now, worship is not just singing our songs and and, and, and the, the, I'm not saying you can't sing in worship. Singing and, and music is part of worship. Worship is also prayer. Worship is also, but it all stems from not the outward acts, but our heart. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Satan is very quick and, and, and to, to distract us or to pull us away from that because it is easy to let the world and what's going on in our lives pull us away from worshiping Christ. The, the fight you had with your spouse on the way in, the, the fact that you had to yell at your kids in the car or when, when she got here. Uh, 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 this happened, this happened. There's, there's a screen up instead of the chairs that looks different. Lots of things can distract us from, from worshiping God and getting caught up in, in those distractions. But, uh, but I'm here to tell you that there's one thing that's needful for every child of God, and that is that we lift up our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we worship him for who he is. You don't need to worship him just here. Praise the Lord for that. 
the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you. When you bow your head and pray, when you open your Bible and read, listen, the presence of God can be there just as well as it can be here. In fact, if the only time that you worship God is on Sunday, that's a problem. When you open your eyes in the morning, you should be praising God that you have another day here on this earth that you can serve him, thanking him for the strength to get out of bed, thanking him for the provision for a roof over your head so that you didn't get snowed on last night or last week, uh, uh, thanking him for the car that you have that you can drive yourself someplace so you don't have to trudge through the snow. Listen, we should be thanking God and worshiping him every single day of the week uh, as, we, as we open the word and read. And, and, and listen, beyond all the, the outward things, the, the physical things God gives us, I mean, he's given us a, his word, which is, is there to equip us and to challenge us and to lead us in our life. Man, we should worship him for that. Why? Because in all those things, we are in his presence. The truth is, like, like if you're saved, the spirit of God is in you. He will always be in you. He, he is the earnest of your redemption. You know what that means? It means that he is the down payment for the inheritance that you have coming. Uh, yes, you still have your flesh, but and, and you have new life. You're born again if you're saved, uh, uh, saved by the grace of God through faith. Uh, uh, you're saved, and God has, and God has placed within you the Holy Spirit, and, and, and you have that new life. And uh, the Bible says, that which is born of the flesh is, is uh, that which is of the flesh is born of the flesh, that which is of the Spirit is born of the Spirit. You have in you the Spirit of God, which now lives, lives inside of you and has brought new life to you and, and continues to work on you and never leaves you, ever can't lose it. In fact, you're, you're sealed. You're sealed until the day of redemption. That day when you get to heaven, the Spirit of God doesn't need to be in you anymore because you're in the presence of God all the time. But man, we forget that. We forget that the Spirit of God is there. But man, we should be thankful for it. Even when we're not necessarily doing something we ought to do. Why? Because the Spirit of God warns us convicts us of our sin. The Spirit of God is there to, 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 to say, hey, wake up! What are you doing? And sometimes we grieve the Spirit. Sometimes we quench the Spirit, but what we really ought to do is worship the Spirit. Jesus here came into town Verse 38 says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, uh, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. When he went to that village, did you know that he went there with a purpose? Jesus never did anything just by coincidence. Nothing ever just happened in his life. Everywhere he went, every person he spoke to, there was a purpose behind that meeting. When, the, when Jesus Christ ministers to you, when the Holy Spirit of God is working in you, guess what? He has purpose. There, there's a reason why he's there. John chapter 4, it says he must needs go to Samaria. Why? Because there's a Samaritan woman that needed to hear the gospel. And there was a town there that needed a woman who had just gotten saved to go and tell them about them so they could come out and meet Jesus for themselves. And that's exactly what happened. There's a, there a reason and a purpose. Many times we skip our devotional time because we just don't have time. Have you ever just, well, I don't have time to read the Bible now. I'll read it tonight before I go to bed. Or I'll, 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 I'll set some time. But what always happens when we do that? Almost always. We, for, we either forget or we run out of time or we get to the point where we're so tired. And, and listen, we all get tired. We get so tired that even if we read it, it's just, well, I read it so I can get my check mark for the day. Because our mind doesn't really comprehend. We're not really meditating on what the Word of God says. We're, we're just trying to get through it. And, so I, and, and if we do that, man, what happened? We got distracted. But God had a purpose for you to read the Bible, didn't he? It is the word of God which strengthens us. It's the word of God that sanctifies us. It's the word of God that, that transforms us. It's the word of God that renews us. It's the word of God that we need. Why? Because we're in, when we read the word of God, we're in the presence of God. And we're, we're allowing the word of God to work in us. And listen, when he, there's a reason why you need to read your Bible. It's okay to read the days of praise. It's okay to read 
books about the Word. It's, a, it's okay to listen to messages. It's okay to listen to a preacher preach. But you need to read the Word. You shouldn't have to be spoon-fed all of the time. You need to read and learn and study. And while it may be difficult in the beginning, you're going to come across passages that you don't understand, but through prayer and through study and through, through submission to the Holy Spirit, guess what? You don't need a teacher for everything. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is your teacher. Now, if you read some passage and you get some new doctrine that nobody's ever heard of before, there's wisdom among many counselors. And, and God has, is not going to reveal something to you that he's never revealed to anybody else. There, there, are no, there are no private interpretations of Scripture. There's one interpretation. But God also uses that to apply it to us in many different ways. While there's one interpretation, there's many applications. So, but, you, but it's there for a purpose. And if you never touch it, if you never, if you never get to that point where you sit down and, 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 or you miss those, listen, there's a reason why God wanted you to read the word that day. Because you are going to face some kind of trial, some kind of tribulation. You're going to need to be fed because otherwise you're spiritually hungry. God has a purpose for you and that's why he commands us to meet with him, calls us to meet with him. David said, as a heart panteth after water, so my soul longs after thee. Why? He went for a period of time without the presence of God, the, he, uh, the notable presence of God. Now, had God left him alone? No. But for whatever reason, whether, whether it was because of sinfulness, whether it was, uh, whether it was, it, it was a lack of, of, of time, meditating upon the word or, or or maybe it was it just sometimes god allows us to go through those dry spells to 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 make us hunger for him more i i can't i can't tell you the reason for it but he longed for that we should long for the presence of god notice not just the presence of the almighty but the place his place of attendance uh, uh, here in verse 38 says that a certain woman named martha received him into her house i i, I first i noticed her hospitality and uh, look at what Martha does when, he come, when, when she finds out that Jesus is there and, and she receives him into her house. It wasn't like he, he just showed up at her door and forced his way in. Uh, uh, we, we understand through this passage and other passages of Scripture that, 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 uh, that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, that, that he spent time, that they were disciples of his. Uh, they were pleased, they were honored that, that he came in. And they, they, were, they were glad to receive him and have him uh, as, as part of, uh, 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 of their, their household. Uh, uh, but but uh, it's funny, sometimes we're not all that hospitable to people. And there's some of us, we always, for every home, every, every family, there are people that you love that they don't even have to announce. If they just showed up on your door, they'd be excited. When I was, when I was, uh, when I first moved up here, my parents were back in Ohio. It was my dad's, it was coming up on my dad's uh, birthday, uh, his 50th birthday, I think it was. It was a long time ago. He's old. Uh, <laughs> he's my dad. He's older than me. Uh, He's not that old. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I think it was his 50th birthday party, and, and, and uh, he didn't know, that, they didn't know that I was planning on coming down to Ohio from Maine. And I drove from Maine to Ohio overnight, and uh, I, I, I got into town, and I called him from the gas station about a mile or two miles from the house. And I was just talking to him about, the, and I'm like, oh, it's nice weather you, you got going on. And I was like, how would I know what the weather's like down in Ohio? But he didn't catch it. I played it off, and then about 30 minutes later, I showed up at the door, and knock, 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 and he, <gasps> he didn't say, you know, you should have called and warned me. He was, he was like, what are you doing here? I'm so glad you're here. They hugged me. They were, they were grateful that I came down for the party, and, and they were grateful, even if there wasn't a party, they were just grateful that I was there. Why? Because they loved me. They, they, were, they were joyful because I came to visit and spend some time with him. I, at least I think that's how it was. <laughs> I'm just playing, saying that because I think I'm going to pretend like they love me. No, they, they, they truly do. And listen, you all have folks that if they show up at your door, even if they're not announced, even if you think they're, they're, they're somewhere else, that if they show up, you're just excited to have them there. And then we have others that, that you know, they're going to come over and visit the house. Just, just call and give me a little warning. Five minutes, just so I can make sure the house is kind of tidy. You're happy to have them there. You're happy to be hospitable. But, but you, know, you know, you don't have to, uh, you really, you're okay with them there. Then there's others, you're like, you know, if you're going to come, let's give me, you know, let's, let's set a date. You can come and we'll, we'll, you'll come over and visit. And then sometimes there are those people like, like, hey, we'd like to come over and say, and you say, well, 
I'm kind of busy. Maybe another day. Maybe another time. Right? Hey, you don't really, yeah, you, while you, you, you love them, you, you don't necessarily get along with them so well, or whatever, the, whatever your reason is behind it, uh, I'll meet you somewhere. Uh, sometimes we're that way. Listen, with Christ, we should always show hospitality. For us, it should be that we're always just excited to have him there. But many times, we're really not. Sometimes we don't go because we just don't want to be in his presence. Sometimes because of conviction. Sometimes we don't want to be in his presence because of, 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 of lack of faith or doubt or what's going on in our lives. Maybe we're angry. And she was she received him into her house, Martha did. Notice Mary's humility. It says that she, Mary, sat at his feet. Verse 39 says, and she called her sister Mary, which sat at his feet. Also sat at his feet. Mary came in and and she had a heart just to spend time with the Lord Jesus. She 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 loved him. She she loved his, she loved his teaching. She 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 wanted to spend time with him. She, now there were things that needed to be done. There were other people that were there. I'm sure it wasn't just Jesus. The, the disciples were there. The, uh, there were probably others that were following because anywhere Jesus went, people followed. And so there was a house full of people, and there were things to be done. But but Mary chose to sit at his feet. Now, uh, notice where she's at. She's sitting at her feet. Like this. Sorry, James. This is a humble position. It's not a position of, I'm sitting at his right side. You know, the disciples argued about that. Who was going to sit at the right hand, the left hand of Christ when they got to heaven? She wasn't trying to take a position of power, a position of authority. She, she wasn't trying to, to make herself an equal with him. She was sitting at his feet in humility because she wanted to spend time with him, because she wanted to worship him, because she wanted to learn from him. And that's what, a, uh, that's what a one who loves the Lord does. The Bible says that, the we, that he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. The word to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift us up. His desire is that we come to him humble. She, she was humble in her, in, her, uh, uh, in her posture as she came to him. Notice also that she was there listening intently. As he spoke, she was listening. And when I sat down in front of Frank, guess what I had to do? I had to look up at him. I had to look up, and, and if he was speaking, I listening to him. Have you ever had somebody hear but not listen? Terrible thing. As a parent, I hate it. As a preacher, I hate it too. To have, to have people hear, not what I have to say, but to, but to hear the word of God and go out and not really listen. There's a difference between the two. Our ears physically hear, but our heart listens. Uh, James says this, be hears the word, not, or be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's important that, that we listen with our spiritual ears and we let the, 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 the word of God and the, the spirit of God work in us. But, but she was hearing what he had to say. What did Jesus say about that? That that's what was needful. There was a lot of things to do. There were a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, people there that she could have spent time with. There were there were a lot of uh, work. There was a lot of work that needed to be done. There were people that needed to be served. There was cleaning that needed to be done. Food that needed to be prepared. Uh, uh, dishes that needed to be set up and prepared. Listen, there was a lot of stuff to do, but she chose, according to what Jesus said, what was needful. In her humility, she worshipped him, and she learned from him, and she spent time with him. She was in the same house as Martha. Notice, we talked about the presence of the Almighty, the, the place of attendance. Now, notice the pause from activity. Martha, says, was cumbered about with much serving. Serving. 
and came to him and said, Lord, doth not thou care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Three things that I, I notice here. First of all, she was concerned. Now, there's nothing wrong with being concerned. Uh, uh, she received the Lord into her house, and, and, and there were a lot of people there, and it, you know, there was food that needed to be prepared. There was a table that needed to be set. There were chairs that probably had to be pulled out. Well, I don't know if they had chairs, what, the, what they sat on back then, stools or whatever they sat on. Uh, uh, there was much that needed to be done. And it's okay to be, to, to be concerned with those things. It's okay to, 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 to have to, somebody's got to do this stuff. Sadly, there are a lot of Christians that their Christianity exists only on Sunday mornings. They go to church all across the country, maybe even all across the world. It's, 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 it's terrible here in America. They go to church, and their service really consists of their consumption. God didn't save you to warm a seat. God didn't save you to, to just show up at church on Sunday. Now, there are other ways that you can serve, and you can serve outside of the church. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But if, all, if your Christianity, if, if, if all of it consists, uh, your service all consists of you come to church on Sunday, and you go to church on Sunday morning, and then you go home, you don't do anything else, how did you serve God? There's nothing wrong with being concerned. There were people here all day yesterday. I praise the Lord for, for all that took place. There are people that work on club on Friday nights. There are people that teach Sunday school classes. There are people that there's work to be done. The church needs to be cleaned by somebody. The, the toilets need to be scrubbed by somebody. The, 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 the needs to be shoveled and, and all these other things that need to take place. Somebody's got to do it. I understand that there's a need to be concerned about taking care of this, this building that God has given to us and, and, and taking care of one another when somebody has a need uh, somebody goes and shovels out Joyce when she gets when, when she gets plowed in or when snowed in and, and others that are uh, they might need salt or somebody might need groceries that are picked up because they're sick and can't go out listen there's, there's service that needs to be done and, and we should be concerned about that but we can, should never be so concerned about those things that we neglect that which is most needful and it is easy for us to allow the, all the stuff that, that, that just overwhelms us, all the things that need to be done. Listen, you can be here and you can serve and you can be concerned and do all those things, but if you don't worship God, if you don't come and sit at his feet at any point in time, all your service was wasted. Because God doesn't need all the outward without the inward. God doesn't need the, the acts of service without a heart of worship. The truth is, our acts of service should be based out of an overflowing of a heart of worship. We serve because we love God. We serve because we want to bring honor to his name. We serve because God has told us, to, out of obedience, because God has told us to love one another. She was concerned. The problem comes in in the next verse, or the next, the next point. You see there in verse 39, sorry, verse 40, it says, but Martha was cumbered about. The word cumbered means to, to be wearied, to be worked, to be distracted. To be, we to be weary in your work, to be distracted. The, the picture that, that Christ gives us here is that she's got a party going on, and there's a lot of food to serve, and there's, there's a lot of preparation that needs to take place. And she is concerned in, in doing all those things, but in doing all of those things, she forgot the one thing that was most important. She was cumbered about. The Bible says not to be weary in well-doing. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do. The, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are created uh, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. There are certain things that God would have us to do in our life. Uh, Romans, uh, Matthew chapter 5 uh, it says that we're to be a light in the world that, that, uh, that our good works should, should be a light to the world around us that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. 
Uh, our faith is to be an outward expression, or our, our, our works are to be an outward expression of our faith. You say, I can be saved and have faith without, without doing all this other stuff. I can just go to church and, and, and worship God. James says, faith without works is dead. I'm not saying that it's your works that saves you. It's your faith in Christ that saves you. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith says, it just goes through each and every one of the, the, whether it's Abraham or Moses or Noah, it says, by faith, they did something. It doesn't say they just believed. Real belief always works itself out in our lives. If you truly believe something, it will affect your behavior. If you believe that God is God above, and you'll want to serve him. If you believe that sin is wicked and evil and can destroy your fellowship with him, and you, and you will turn from it. You will repent of it. Our beliefs affect the behavior here. She was cumbered about. She was concerned. She was, she was distracted. She, she, she was missing out on the most important thing that was there. When we come to church, I love, I love singing songs. I love learning new songs. I love singing old songs. Uh, what's what's that, that, that third song that we sang, sang today? Is it 99 or 289? Did you really look at the words of this song as we sang it? Were we distracted? Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of his love, leading onward, leading homeward, to my glorious rest above. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, love of every, love the best. Tis an ocean vast of blessing, tis the source of peace and rest. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, tis a heaven of heaven to me, and it lifts me up to glory for its love, for it lifts me up to thee. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, spread the praise from shore to shore. Sing of his greatness, sing of his goodness, sing of his love forevermore. Did you read, uh, sing those words? The other song talked about uh, the sacrifice of Christ and, and, and the salvation we have in him. Did you really think about the words that you were singing, or were you just trying to sing the song quiet enough that nobody hears you because you don't think you sing very good? Let's just be honest. Were you distracted? Were you distracted because you got so much to do today, whether it's working in nursery or doing this or preparing this or getting ready for, for tomorrow or whatever is going on? Were you distracted when you came in today? It is easy to get distracted. You know what it means to be distracted? It means you're supposed to focus in one place, but your head's somewhere else. Don't you hate it when someone's talking to you? Or you're talking to somebody, or they're talking to you, and they're looking over here. I used to know a guy. He had uh, one glass eye. He goes to my brother's church, one of, his, one of the deacons at his church. When I first moved up here, I didn't realize he had a, a glass eye. And, and, uh, and uh, you'd sit there and be talking to him, and one eye would be focused on you, the other one would be over here somewhere. First of all, I'm like, <coughs> I can't look at that. It's weird the weird. Secondly, I'm like, are you really talking to me? Are you looking over there? Because I don't know which one's your glass eye. <laughs> it's distracted. And when someone's, when you're talking to somebody, but they're paying attention to something else, man, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's rude. It's disrespectful. But listen, God in heaven is speaking to you through the word of God. He desires your worship. He desires your love. He desires your praise. Are you distracted? Are you distracted by what's going on in the world and, and all the troubles that are out there? Listen, there are troubles out there. There are troubles in your life. And we carry our burdens into this place every single time that we come in. Instead of leaving them outside and say, Lord, right now I just want to be in your presence. Lord, right now I need your, I need your help. Lord, right now I need your strength. Help me to, to forget those things and come into your presence. Listen, if Christ were to walk in here today, would you be distracted? I think sometimes we just might forget that he's here. And just go on about business. Say, well, if Jesus walked in here, I would know. Sometimes I wonder about my own self sometimes. Would you be distracted? 
Would you be so caught up in whatever ministry you're working in you just wouldn't notice? Would you, would you be so caught up in uh, the trials that you're going through that you wouldn't notice? She was cumbered about. Because of her concern and her, and her distraction, I, I, I noticed something here, and this happens when, when we serve outside, not in a place of, out of a place of worship, but out of a place of, of necessity. Not only was she concerned and cumbered about, but she was complaining. She says, this is verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him, who? Jesus. And said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Here she is. She's doing dishes. She's, she's, I mean, she's working off a sweat. Running back and forth, trying to get everything done. And, and every time she walks in the room, she sees Mary just sitting there, listening intently to the Savior. And instead of saying, wow, you know what? I want to be there too. Instead of sitting aside and putting down the dishes and she's like, oh. whispering to herself, Mary. And you're trying to get Mary's attention. Mary, hey, Mary, get over here. It's work to be done. Mary's focused on Christ is oblivious to whatever else is going on. In her worship and in her love for the Savior and in her intent listening to what, what, what he is speaking about and teaching, She's completely oblivious to all the work that needs to be done. Now, let me say this. Don't allow your, your worship to be a reason for laziness. I don't believe that that was the case here. But, but, but sometimes there are those that, well, I just I need to come in and worship. I need to spend time focusing on God so I can't work in the nursery. I can't do this or I can't do that. Because if I do those things, if, I, if, I, if I'm a part of that ministry, if I, if I serve in that way, then I won't be able to, to worship God. Yes, you can. We have more than one service. Come and serve in one, and then worship in another. And in your act of service, you can worship, because service is worship. Sadly, there are those who are unable to worship because they're serving all the time, and we don't have enough to serve. That's not just a problem here in our church. It's a problem in churches all over the country. So ask yourself, what's really keeping you from serving God? The, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that, that uh, the, the sluggard will, will refuse to go out in the streets because there's a line in the streets. So you'll always have an excuse as to why you can't serve in some way. If, if, if you're looking for it, Satan will give you excuses. So instead of doing that, remember that today is the Lord's Day. Not yours. It's not football day, national football day. No, no. It's, it's the Lord's day. So how can you serve the Lord and worship the Lord at the same time? How can you come in and serve others and serve the Lord and, and then worship at a different point in time? Listen, there are ways to do it. Don't use it as a reason for laziness. But if you're serving so much that you're distracted and complaining, you're wasting your time. Now, things are getting done, and hey, I'm all for getting things done. I, I'm thankful for those that did that. It's a way for us to minister. But if we do it just to get it done, instead of bringing honor and glory to the Lord, if we allow, that, allow it to come from a, a place of duty, because somebody's got to do it. No, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. If we don't step in, nobody's going to step in. If, if, if that's our heart, we'll complain about it. And the truth is, most time when we complain, we don't complain. Uh, nobody complains to me. I'll be honest. Nobody ever comes to me and complains, except for James. James is always complaining. I'm just kidding. He is. The only thing he complains about is the services are too long. <laughs> See the big clock they put back there? <laughs> What's that? They put a big clock back there so I'd see what time it was and stop preaching that time. But they put it right where there's a light in the middle of it and I can't see it. So praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm kidding. James doesn't really complain that much. That much. <laughs> what happens is we complain to ourselves. We murmur, complain. We grumble. We might tell the person beside us, our spouse. 
Guess what? If you're talking to your spouse, if you've got kids, they hear it too. Well, I, I, I've got to do this because nobody else is going to do it. What do your kids learn from that? What do you really accomplish in complaining about that? Nothing. Why do we do it? Because our, our focus isn't on the Savior. Our focus is on the... Listen, food needed to, be, needed to be served. There was nothing wrong with what she was doing. It was the spirit in which she was doing it. And the fact that she was so distracted by it that she forgot that the Savior was there. The Savior is here this morning. How do I know that? Listen, I, I, I didn't see tongues of fire fall from the sky as I prayed this morning. I take the word of God as truth. He promises to never leave me or forsake me. If there are children of God here, then the Spirit of God is in each and every one of us. The Bible says we're two or three gathered, that he'll be there. Christ is here. The Spirit of God is here. Paul said this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, and not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ is here. The question is, are we distracted? Are we cumbered about? Are we using uh, our service as a, as a reason as why we, why we don't worship? Are we using our fears or our doubt or our self, self, lack of self-esteem? Listen, we should all have lack of, a lack of self-esteem. That's not okay in today's culture. Today's culture is we all ought to think a whole lot of ourselves. But we've seen where that's gotten us. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. For such a worm as I. Listen, Paul said, I am the chiefest of all sinners. We shouldn't look at ourselves and think, hey, I'm pretty good. We should come into the presence of God and say, God, I am nothing. I praise you for all that you are. Unless I get distracted. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, we talked about this on, uh, on, on Wednesday. Uh, we're going through the, the attributes or the, uh, the characteristics of God, and we talked about God's holiness. In Isaiah, chapter 6, uh, Isaiah sees a vision of God. God reveals himself sitting on the throne, his train filling the temple. And man, what a beautiful description of all that's going on. And they talked about the seraphims that were there. It said, where they had six wings, with two they covered their, their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they did fly. I don't know about you, but if I saw a seraphim flying around here, I'd get distracted. What is that thing? But because he was in the presence of God, yes, he described him. But you know what he said? Woe is me, for I am undone. Because the holiness of God revealed to him just how wicked and sinful he was. We come into, we come into the presence of God and we're distracted. We don't see how sinful we are. We come into the presence of God and we're distracted. We don't even know that we're there. Or we get upset with one another. We complain, we, we, we grumble, we, 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 there, there becomes a strife and a discontent in our heart. Jesus said, that which was needful. The presence of the Almighty, the place of his attendance, the, the pause from the activity, and then lastly, the pleasure of adoration. Jesus says in verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. He says, you're so caught up in all the... It, it, man, it's causing you anxiety and, and, and worry and anger because of all of these things. He says, But one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. First of all, notice the commendation. Mary hath chosen that good part. God commends her for what she was doing. He didn't, Martha wanted him to, to, to call Mary out, but instead he commended Mary. He said, she's doing that which is needful. God is pleased when we worship him. God is pleased when we serve him out of a heart of worship. But when we come in and sing, the Bible says that 
in the book of Psalms that, that, that God's presence rests, dwells, inhabits our praise. Now, you can sing all you want, but if it's not coming from a heart of praise, a heart of worship, where you're really focused about, upon God, uh, listen, uh, there won't be any real praise. There'll just be notes. There are a lot of great singers out there. Uh, I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm not. Uh, uh, there are a lot of really great singers out there, and they can sing beautiful songs that uh, can even stir up some emotion and get a tear flowing down your face. But if they're not singing with the right heart unto the Lord, guess what? It's not real praise. It's not real worship. And God knows the difference, by the way. You can sing with a, you can sing a song and not be able to carry a tune in a bucket. I've known people like that. I've married a person like that. She can carry a tune in a bucket if it's written down and on a piece of paper. Okay. I'm just teasing. One of the greatest songs I ever heard was a little girl. She'd gotten saved the week before. She was a bus kid. She came, in, she came to church, um, grubby. Every time we picked her up, on uh, her, her clothes were stained, mismatched. Hair was this wild mess. The week after she got saved, she, she asked the pastor, can I sing victory in Jesus? And she got up and sang, and man, it was terrible. He thought I was going to say it was pretty. It was awful. She didn't hit a single good note. And her voice kind of sounded like your nails on a chalkboard. But beyond that, and listen, it didn't take much to get beyond it. It was with a heart of praise. There was such a, a, a beam of joy radiating from her heart to her face. And she's saying the victory that she had in Christ. The sweetest song I've ever heard. Because it came from a heart of praise. God loved that. And God wants it from you. As we sing about the love of God or the victory that we have or, or redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Do you really love to proclaim it or are you just singing it? Let's just be honest. How many times are we distracted by whatever? And our worship isn't real worship. Our service is full of grumbling and complaining because there's no real joy there because we're doing it out of duty and not out of love. He commended her for it. Remember her choice. She chose what was needful. It is needful. It is imperative that we worship God. Otherwise, it's just a club. If we come and listen, and we worship God in all ways, in prayer, in singing, in, in the, the preaching and the reception of the word of God, in our service to God and one another, that's all worship. And it can all please God. It's got to be based out of a heart of worship. And lastly, the continuance. It says, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. Notice what it says now, which shall not be taken away from her. Which shall not be taken away from her. She's going to continue to sit at his feet and worship and, and serve him and love him. And God was not going to tell her to get up. Christ was not going to say, listen, Mary, there's dishes that need to be done. Now, it's okay for if she got up to go wash some dishes and help. But again, you can serve with worship. She chose what's needful. Question for you this, this, this morning. Are you distracted? Are you distracted by the things that are going on or problems in your life or, or, or even things that are going on here? Are you, are you distracted uh, uh, from, from the worship of God, uh, the, being a, a disciple of Christ? Are, are you distracted this morning? You're serving but complaining. Uh, there's no real joy in it. Uh, you're, you're coming in and you're singing the songs, but there's a heaviness in your heart, not a joy. 
the, the, the songs we sing are just words coming out of our mouth because we're reading them off the screen, not out of true love. They don't really speak, you're, not being, you're not focusing on what the words say or what they mean. You're just trying to sing. Or are you sitting at his feet? Are you distracted this morning? So how do, how do I fix this? We all get distracted sometimes. How do we fix it? First, we confess and we ask God to forgive us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do you think Martha responded when Jesus said, you're troubled and cumbered about? Do you think she got angry and stomped off in a huff? I don't think so. I think the Son of God speaking to her struck her heart. And while the Bible doesn't describe it, I think maybe she dropped whatever dish rag she was holding or set down the plate of food and maybe she went and joined Mary. don't know. But I would encourage you this morning if you've been distracted, if you've been cumbered about in your service, lay it down. Come sit at the feet of Jesus. Worship him. Seek his forgiveness and lift him up. And the, other, the alternative is to just keep doing what you're doing and be upset. Doesn't sound like a good plan to me. It's a good way to harden your heart against the conviction of God. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would, Lord, that you would just have your way in each one of us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Move us. And Lord, may you be glorified. And all this done and said, ask us in Christ's name, amen.